0: Welcome to the Gold Rush 2011 podcast. Gold Rush is an annual student-led conference hosted by Perimeter Church. This year's theme was Consumed, where we talked about what we are consumed with and who ultimately consumes us. Thank you for downloading, and we hope you enjoy. I'm just going to go ahead and get us started, calm my nerves down, and uh, open us up in a word of prayer. So you bow your heads with me? Dear God, I just, I feel you here, and I pray that you would make your presence known to everyone in this room. My nerves can't take it. I'm sweating, I'm shaking, and I can't stand the fact that I'm standing in front of all these people with nothing to say. So fill me with your words and let them hear them. Let them open their hearts and minds and receive your word like a flowing stream. Let it cool them and calm them. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, guys. Well, some of you probably remember me uh, if you were here last year. I uh, did the morning devotionals, and I did a thing called PB&J. It was a lot of fun. I uh, actually quite liked it because it was five minutes, and I'm going to be up here for a little bit longer this time. Um, so you're going to have to bear with me for a sec. Um, basically, you probably all walked in here not really knowing what to expect. And you've seen all the banners up, and we're wearing all these T-shirts, and they say, "consume." And you're probably thinking, now what does that mean? I'm going to try to help clear that up a little bit. We as humans are naturally consumers. We consume things, food, drink, sleep, anything that can be filled in our body. We take it and we fill it in our body. We use everything around us to please us and consume those things around us. What does it mean to be consumed? We obviously know what it means to consume, but what's the difference between consuming and being consumed? The difference is simple. Like I said, when we are consuming something, we are taking something and filling ourselves with it. We are engulfing it. We're surrounding it. When we are consumed by something, it engulfs us. It surrounds us. We have no escape from it. At least it feels that way. It's scary. We often don't know what to do when we are consumed. And I'm not talking about the real scary stuff in our lives. I'm talking about the simplest things that we're all consumed by. Acceptance. Validation. Satisfaction. In acceptance, we try to make everyone believe that we are the best. That we are awesome, that we are good, that we're righteous. Even right now as I stand on this stage, I'm trying to be accepted by you. I don't necessarily want to, but I can, I'm consumed by acceptance. I can't escape the fact that I want you to accept me. I don't like it. I don't want it to be true. But it's there. Girls and guys alike suffer from the same thing, be it with the opposite sex, be it with our own group of friends. We try to prove ourselves to them constantly on a daily basis. We can't escape it. Validation is the same way. We all aim to be validated in what we do. If we're doing something and someone asks us now, why are you doing that? What good are you getting from that? We try to come up with these excuses, these reasons to back up the foolish acts we may do. Things like that are inescapable. There are so many things in our lives that we simply can't explain why we continue to go back to them. But we validate them. We try to prove to other people that what we are doing is right. Even though in our hearts we know it's wrong. And lastly, satisfaction. Earlier, I told you just now, the difference between consumed and consuming. The truth is, they're both towards the same motive. They may be different in how we get there, why we're taking the steps. But in what we're aiming towards, there's no difference. We are aiming to satisfy ourselves. Some people think that people on this earth can do acts of true selflessness. I only know of one man who did that. Because even when I feel selfless in what I'm doing, when I feel good and replenished by the acts that I'm doing, and I help everyone around me, I forget myself, I let go of all my own selfish desires, put myself aside and bow down to the people around me to help them, I'm still wanting that thank you. I'm still wanting that, gosh, you have no idea what it means that you did this for me. And in that, I'm still selfish. I'm still after satisfaction. I'd like to take you back in time when I was a little kid. I was kind of crazy about one particular thing. Everyone loves sugar, but I loved one kind of variation of that. I loved dum-dums, like couldn't get enough of them. And I just, in school, the teachers would always pass out the dum-dums, and I was the kid that would like steal yours and run away, and then you'd chase after me, but I'd have already eaten it. So it was, I just, it was not good how addicted I was to these things. You know, I I can picture the scenario, you know, you're sitting in your class, teacher's at the front, she's got got out the dum-dum basket, right? She says, now if you're doing your work, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, Go ahead and, you know, I'll I'll give you a dum-dum. Everyone just heads bowed to the desk, glued to the paper, writing just nonstop. And especially my favorite thing that she always did with dum-dums, timetables. I own those. I thank my mom for that, but the timetable, I would get home from school sometimes, my mom would take us out to dinner, and in the car, she'd make me do timetables. No joke. But because of that, I was the dum-dum king when timetables came around. And so there it is. There's the scene, okay? The teacher's walking around nice and slow, looking at everyone's papers, kind of judging, you know, based on how we're doing. And I was always the kid that was, like, done first and, like, turned it in and just sat down and looked at you. Like, yeah, you're not done with this? This was easy. That one's 60. Yeah. So they'd walk around, and they'd see that I was done. And so they would just, you know, plop it on the table. And there it was, my shining bliss. And it was right there and I could touch it, and I'd unwrap it as blue raspberry. Oh, boy. And then, slowly but surely, I just touched it on the tip of my tongue and just entered. It was like, it was like I opened my eyes, and I was in Pandora from Avatar. And, <laughs> and there were mystical creatures flying around me, and I was in this, in this paradise world, you know? And I, just, I was just in complete bliss. And then give it a couple seconds, it's gone. That little trinket that I'd wanted so badly, I'd worked so hard for, was a wet stick of cardboard. And then I'd I'd fight for the next one. I'd keep doing the timetables. I'd get the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And I'd pound through them. Next thing you know, I've got 20 dum-dum wrappers on my desk, and I'm still wanting more. something so sweet something so simple and in my eyes something so perfect but the satisfaction I got from it was merely temporary no matter how many I had it was never enough and I feel like we can apply that to anywhere in our life for some it's drugs alcohol the party scene. And then we get to the ones that we all share. Reputation. Acceptance. Validation. Satisfaction. We try to fill ourselves up with it. We try to be consumed by it. And it won't satisfy. It won't truly give us the sustenance we so crave. I'd like to go into a passage in Micah, Micah 3, 5 through 7. This is what the Lord says. As for the prophets who lead my people astray, if one feeds them, they proclaim peace. If he does not, they prepare to wage war against him. Therefore, night will come over you without visions and darkness without divination. The sun will set for the prophets and the day will go dark for them. The seers will be ashamed and the diviners graced. graced. They will all cover their faces because there is no answer from God. And there are so many people in here, I know, that proclaim themselves Christians. We go to church, we talk the talk, we walk the walk, we do the actions. Sometimes we're lacking the purpose. Sometimes we're lacking the meaning. We're still focused on the things we truly think matter above all else, our worldly desires, our worldly aspirations. There's only one thing that can truly satisfy us, one thing that can truly teach us and let us grow one man who can do all those things. I'd like to go ahead and take you to another little anecdote. I happen to be a gamer. I'm not ashamed of it. I would willingly walk around with a controller around my neck. I, in fact, am very proud of my gaming. If you'd like to take me on in Halo sometime, my gamer tag is Cwheels Run. You can contact me anytime and I will whoop your butt. But anyways, on other matters, I like Xbox. And, uh, yeah, can I get some Xbox fans in here? Yeah. You, you mentioned the word Xbox, and people go crazy, I swear. And, and it's hilarious, though. What cracks me up is that in any Xbox game... Yes, there are. And they should stop playing, because they belong elsewhere, like outside. But the other thing that are in all games and everyone here that is a fan of Xbox and plays it knows this, there are achievements. You, you attain these achievements. You gobble them up. Everyone loves that little noise. You know, you just beat Zortran on Planet X, and then, blip achievement unlocked. Boom. You chuck down your controller. You go tell everyone, I just killed Zortran on Planet X. Did you know that? Because I did it. You want to come see the achievement for it? It's on my TV screen. What cracks me up about it all is that no matter how many achievements I've ever gotten in Xbox, what am I truly achieving? I'm wasting my time. Wasting my life. It's, it's pure irony that they're entitled achievements because we're not achieving anything by a blip on our TV screen. And this is just one thing. But there's plenty of other things that we feel like we get to the next level in. In sports, we finally made the varsity team. In dance, we just got the elite class in the dance company. In, in chorus, we just made chamber chorus. We're awesome. We are the people that go up on stage with no one else and sing. No matter what it is, we can't wait to reach that next tier, that next level, that next achievement. But in God's kingdom, we've hardly achieved anything. Because while we're consuming ourselves with those things, we put him aside. Sometimes I feel like God is there. He's there for us. He's there to congratulate us, no matter what we may achieve. But in truth, he's asking us, yes, you just spent two hours in football practice. Yes, you just spent two hours at a music rehearsal. How many hours have you spent today with me? How much time have you devoted to me? We spend so much of our time chasing these, these dreams, chasing these hopes and aspirations, and we forget the one man who deserves all of our time. I'd like to take you into the next passage. This one's pretty long, so you're going to have to bear with me, but it says something that I'd really, truly like you to hear. It's from Ecclesiastes 2, 1 through 11. And it reads, I thought in my heart, come now. I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is foolish. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was worthwhile for men to do under heaven during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects, I built houses and gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold and provinces Excuse me, for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired men and women singers and and a harem as well, the delights of the heart of man. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for all my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. I just want to break that down a little bit. That's a lot to digest. I know. What we see here is a man that one by one lists all of the things that he has achieved, the attainment of provinces. The great crops that he's built. The slaves that he's acquired. All of the things that comparatively to other men, he defames them. He stands above all of them as the greatest in Jerusalem. And even this man steps back, looks at it. And then he looks up. He thinks, what have I achieved? What have I truly attained in my life? Makes me think. Makes me pray. But this man has more than I could ever dream of, and still he questions what he's attained and what he's made in his life. And I think, why am I not constantly questioning the same thing? Why am I not looking to God thinking, What have I truly achieved? And I want to move to the very last sentence. It says, after all that is done, after all that I've aspired to be, all of it seems like a chasing after the wind. You ever chase the wind? can't catch it. Even if you feel like you do, it slips right through your fingers not there to be yours. You reach out for it and you can't hold on. So many things that I feel like that applies to. So many things that I've worked for and tried for and you all must feel the same way. So many things that we have fought to achieve and still we can't get it. We can't get the one thing that matters most when we're chasing After something that matters not in comparison. We push ourselves. We work and we toil. We work our fingers to the bone. We come home crying at night because something didn't go exactly the way we planned it. A friend group didn't accept us exactly the way we wanted to. That girl did not talk to me exactly how I planned it in my mind after I said what I said to her. That guy did not look at me the way that I wanted him to. All of it, are chasing after the wind. doesn't matter. That's when we come to God. That's when we chase something worth chasing. The amazing truth is, we're being chased by him. We're not the ones doing the running. I'd like to close with a reaching out. Guys, I'm going to talk to you for a second. My men in this room. There's so many things that we're surrounded by in media, in culture, even in our friends, that we feel measure who we are. That we feel make us a man. There's a TV show, for instance, on MTV, which will go unnamed, about guys that do the stupidest stuff to sound cool and to be able to walk away from it going, Did you just see what I did? And we look at that and we think, Man, that guy's awesome. That is so cool. I want to be like him. Or we even see guys around us and we see the, the head football star walking down the hall. All the ladies are just following him with their eyes. And we're just like, man, I want that. That's what a man is. That's what being a man is all about, right? Then we, we even measure it with strength or speed, physical characteristics. We try, to, we try to measure ourselves with that. Man, I'm faster than him. Yeah, I can, I can bench 550. We try to truly measure ourselves based on the amount of weight we can lift, friends we have, the reputation we've earned, crazy stunts we've pulled off. God's thinking to himself, you foolish man, you know not what a man is if that's what you believe a man to truly be. See, men go through their lives asking one question in three different ways. It's always, will I measure up? Will I measure up when we're younger, out on the ball field, in sports, with our friends? Then we get a little bit older. We enter the teenage to adult years, and we think, will I measure up with the ladies? Will they like me? Will they be impressed? Then we get even older, and we think, will I measure up in the boardroom? How much money can I make this year? How many people can I impress with the awesome car I just bought, with the amazing house I just was able to afford for my family? And God asks us, what about the house that I have for you here in heaven? What about the riches that are awaiting you if you would just take the time to surrender to me? I tell you, a man is not measured by anything of this world. A man is measured by him. Now he looks upon us. Now I'm going to talk to the girls. I'm not going to leave you alone in this. See, women, and of course, I can't speak completely true, but from what I perceive, <laughs> <laughs> So please do not hurt me after this if I perceive something wrongly. But, from what I perceive, women look at media and they look at culture and they see beauty in other women. And they think, how can I be like her? They think, how can I equal that status? I want to be looked at by every man that I walk by because of how beautiful I am. You're consumed with what you see in yourself. You look in the mirror. But also, when you step aside from the mirror, by what other people see. See, women ask one question, one way, their entire lives, am I inside and out? And I tell you, no prima donna on a magazine can measure up to half the women in this room. Many of the women in this room look in the mirror and they see someone. They see something, but they see someone who is chasing for him. And I urge you to do so. Because beauty is not measured by the way we look on the outside, or even on the inside. You can be the sweetest woman in the world, but if you don't have him, you're lost. And I tell you that beauty is something that he gives all of us, by filling us with his spirit. It was said that when Jesus walked among us, he did not see flesh. He did not see people. He saw souls. He was able to look through you and see who you truly were. And above all, see what you truly believed in. And that is how beauty is measured. No other way. True beauty is, true success, true satisfaction is found in one place, in one person. He is higher and greater and mightier than all of us, but still he brings himself down to our level. He sent his son for us, even though we don't deserve it. We don't just want him, we need him, but we don't deserve him. The thing is, he doesn't need us. He wants us with all of his heart. And he'll do whatever it takes to show you that. And my hope is throughout this week, facing all of your battles, facing all of your temptations, facing all of the things that consume you, you can hear him. You can see him running to you with open arms. Because he wants you. The God of the universe wants you. In my opinion, that's something special. So after all that I've said, after all the lyrical words that I've thrown together, I ask you one thing. And I want you to take this question and don't just answer it with the first thing that comes to your mind. I want you to search your soul, search your heart, Find it within you. What consumes you? It's not God. We all want it to be, but it's not. There's something eating away at us that we want to be rid of, but we can't. And I urge you to ask yourself that question and answer it truthfully. With all your heart. Bow your heads with me now. Dear God, I just thank you for this amazing opportunity. Thank you for the incredible people that we have here. The talent that we have on stage to lead us. And also the hearts that we have in the crowd to listen and to open up to. And I pray that your presence would be made and known here like nothing else. I pray that everyone in here would ask themselves, what consumes them? What is eating away at them that they cannot escape? And that by the end of this week, we would not be consumed by drugs or alcohol or partying or or reputation or satisfaction or acceptance or validation but instead by you. And I thank you for giving us this incredible opportunity to come to you in our greatest and most desperate hour. In Jesus' name I pray. You've been listening to the Gold Rush 2011 podcast. Perimeter Church is located at 9500 Medlock Ridge Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. If you'd like more information about the church, please visit our website at watershedministry.org.